0: Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time, powered by Tennessee Tickets, brought to you as always by the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. GaryAshton.com for all of your virtual tours, your dream address without the stress. Don't sell without the intel. The official realtors of the Titans, Preds, Nashville SC, Topgolf, and of your boy here on Prime Time. Our friends at Tame the Beast invite you to groom boldly. Jadavion Clowney needs to groom boldly. Maybe his hair needs some hard hair clay, as mine does. And I look forward to the delivery of my hard hair clay from Tame the Beast. Use the promo code AZ50. Saves you 50% off your online order at GetBeast.com. That is where you go. And of all as always, our friends at Tennessee Heating and Cooling, the only people that you should trust for your HVAC services. They are guaranteeing your satisfaction at 10HC.com. That's T-E-N-N-H-C.com. The, fa- the fine folks over there at Tennessee Heating and Cooling. Okay, Titans for Life says... Speaking of cocktails, guess what I'm having as I listen? I hope very much, Titans for Life, that it's a tequila on the rocks with a little bit of lime. I like mine with pomegranate, but I know you guys uh, have your own preferences. So if you drink like me, you drink tequila. But that is, uh, you know, Cinco de Mayo was a big time last night in the rising ha- household. Let's talk about Jadevian Clowney and not my, uh, my debaucherous evening on, uh, on Cinco de Mayo. We can do that some other time. How much are you willing to let the Titans spend <laughs> for Jadavion Clowney? This is the question that I'm asking you. And we're going to fill in all the dots over what has transpired over the course of today. You're going to hear from Peter King here in a second. But the question that I'm posing to you guys is how much are you willing to let the Titans spend on Jadavion Clowney? They have $21 million in available space. Uh, now that the rookie is, rookies have been drafted, it's closer to $16 million in available space. How much are you willing to let the Titans spend for Jadeveon Clowney? V-Love says, I'm out of tequila, about to shoot some whiskey. Hey, party on V-Love, let's have a party. You, uh, I, just because I'm not boozing right now doesn't mean you can. You can drink every time I say Clowney, although by the end of the show you might be a dead man. $13 million says Just a Fan. That is, that's reasonable where the price, like think about this, he left, he left Seattle with the intention of making $20 million a year. Every team in the NFL said, hell no, I am not paying you $20 million a year for a player that is a fine football player, a totally fine football player, above average if you put him in the right setting, but otherwise just a fine football player. So he's not getting 20 mil from anybody. But it turns out he's not getting 16 mil from anybody. And that's the thing that Jadavian Clowney is the most concerned with. 15 million, says Jordan on Periscope. Chart Scout says, pay that boy uh, in the comments section. How much are you willing to pay Jadavian Clowney? We'll discuss the news that came out of Seattle. First, let's hear from Peter King earlier this morning on Pro Football Talk with Chris Sims and Mike Florio discussing just who has been in the driver's seat for Clowney and how that's changed because of the financial situation, frankly, of our country.
1: I've I've said all along that I think the favorite in the clubhouse for Clowney is Seattle. Uh, And I think that Seattle's going to end up with either Clowney or Everson Griffin when the dust settles heading into this season. Um, But I do think, I, I, I think the Seahawks are being absolutely right, correct, and fair in holding whatever their contractual line is on Clowney. And let's say, I'll pick a number out of the out of the sky. Let's say it's 14 million a year. I, I mean, let's look at Jadavian Clowney's career. He's played six years in the NFL. He's had 32 and a half sacks. And if he played every game, like he played the Monday night football game against San Francisco last year, he'd get a contract commensurate to what Reggie White earned in his career you know, dollars versus dollars. So, but he doesn't do that. And I'm not blaming him. He's had a lot of injuries. I get it. But the fact is, you are what you are. And Jadavian Clowney is a very good football player who produces at the highest level of football, not every week. And look, part of that has been injury. I get it. But I don't know why in the world that there's this expectation that and Clowney should make $18 million a year, especially in this environment where teams are not spending the way they did in the past. And I think part of that is because of the current economics and the situation that we have. There are not a lot of long-term, big-money contracts this offseason. So I think and Clowney, if I were him, I'd get as much money as I could for two years and prove that I deserve when the cap really starts to go up. Prove that I deserve really a significant bump. But based on what I've seen so far, I would hold the line the exact same way that John Schneider and the Seahawks are.
0: Okay, so that's Peter King this morning on NBC with Mike Florio and Chris Sims, Pro Football Talk, uh, courtesy of the NBC Sports Network. 7997JMO says, if a one-year deal with the Titans is $12.5 million for Clowney, can you imagine... But consider that that's the far more reasonable price, given what his production has been. And I'll, get, I'll tell you guys what I know to be the one thing standing between Clowney and the Titans here in just a second, but I'm curious how much you guys are willing to pay him now that you've heard from Peter King. And let me fill in the dots a little bit since then. In the last six hours, uh, the reporter Brady Henderson for ESPN, he's their, he's their Teron Davenport, he's ESPN's. NFL Nation, Seattle Seahawks reporter. The quote from the article six hours ago. This is after Peter King went on television this morning. Quote: While Jadavion Clowney remains opening to open to re-signing with Seattle, the defensive end would have to take significantly less money than the team previously offered him for reunion to happen. Seattle offered him fifteen. He is going to have to take quote significantly less then $15 million to go back to Seattle. All of this is being bogged down because Jadavion Clowney, I don't think it's any shocking news, he wants to play in Seattle. And the one thing standing between Jadavion Clowney and the Titans is the fact that it's the Tennessee Titans. And I know people are going to get upset with me when I say this, but consider what Jadavion Clowney has seen after so many years playing in the AFC South. And this is not a representative sample size of whatever the hell the 2020 season is going to look like. We have no earthly idea what football is going to look like in 2020, other than we know it will be played in some form or fashion. But Jadeveon Clowney is open to re-signing with Seattle, open to re-signing with Seattle, because he wants to go back to Seattle, and they just won't give him the money that he wants. The Titans. If they've been in it the longest, they've been lingering around it because they have the connections. They're trying to make this guy more comfortable. I think at the end of the day, if they really, really wanted to go get him in the way that, overwhelmingly, fans would like to see them do, it would have been done by now because this guy is just out here lingering. And yes, he wants an astronomical amount of money. Dustin Snell says five years, $75 million, $20 million incentives. No, Dustin, you're thinking about this all wrong. Clowney doesn't want a full, uh, Clowney doesn't want a long term deal. He wants to be able to get paid on the front end and then go get paid again once he hits the open market as a pass rusher. Clowney is still looking for, in theory, a prove it deal. Teams don't trust him to pay him 15 million, and that's Seattle who had him last year. They want him to go to take significantly less, according to ESPN. The reports you heard Peter King talk about the market, they've been. Tennessee has been thought to be the front-runner because they've just been around the longest. But in reality, he wants to play in Seattle, and Seattle just isn't willing to meet his financial demands. And so that's why this thing is stringing out. Who has Seattle really ever overpaid, says G-Man on base? I I don't know enough about the history of Seattle Seahawks' contracts to be able to speak on that intelligently. But the Titans aren't going to... Listen, I'll tell you right now. The Titans aren't going to get in a bidding war either. They haven't been willing to. That's why they're sitting here. They know Seattle. They know Seattle's just sitting back. Hey, you want to play here, buddy? You're gonna to have to take a lot less money. And the Ten- Tennessee saying, "Oh, if we go, if we if we come in at 15 million, we stay under the salary cap." Seattle doesn't want to give him 15 million. He they've already taken that offer off the table. And now ESPN is reporting that they have to. Pay, they would have to pay significantly less. The one thing that's standing between Jadavia Clowney and the Titans is the Tennessee Titans he just doesn't seem that interested in playing here up against the Seattle Seahawks. And it again, it's no slight on the Titans. The Titans the perception of the Titans is not the Titans reality, right? The Titans are an AFC championship contending team. These guys, if they this particular team, if they get Seattle, Honestly, in the AFC, they should probably have the fourth-best Super Bowl odds because this is how close this team is to going over the top. And Jadavion Clowney puts them then in that echelon. But I think Clowney likes playing in Seattle more than he, than he would like to play in Nashville. Clowney's played in Nashville. He knows what Nissan Stadium looks like. He know, and again, we don't know if there's going to be fans in Nissan Stadium come football season. We have no idea any of that. But Jadavion Clowney knows what the environment is like in the NFC West as compared to the AFC South. He's obviously been both places. And at this point, Jadavion Clowney is not moving much because the Seattle Seahawks are just taking money away from him the longer that he stays out there. His leverage is seeding because he wants to play there. They know he wants to play there. Hell, the Titans know he wants to play there. And they're not going to get in a bidding war over it. So they're just kind of taking the sit-back, wait-and-see approach with Jadavion Clowney because the team that he wants to play for isn't giving him anywhere near what he wants. That's the one thing that stands between them. I'm curious as to what you guys would pay him, though, given that Seattle is continuing to take money off the table. Kyle Humphrey says, Everyone thought the same about Jacksonville in 2017. Then what happened? Same will happen with the Titans. Talking about making an AFC title game and then collapsing? Um, no, don't be ridiculous. They had Blake Bortles. The, the Jacksonville Jaguars were as dysfunctional an organization, continuing to be a dysfunctional organization, because the way that the players overran the organization, the way that they were playing active defense against their double agent quarterback. No, Teron, My buddy Teron, your friend Teron Davenport, calls Blake Bortles the double agent. Because he is, not, he is not playing for one team or the other. The teams are having to play defense, both of them, against Blake Bortles. The one that he plays for and the one that he's playing against. It's not the same thing as the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars. I don't think that's an adept comparison at all. You're talking about a, an organization that I would not say there are 10 better run football franchises right now in 2020 than the Tennessee Titans. The Jacksonville Jaguars have represented almost as much dysfunction as the Cleveland Browns. And the comparison that you would make of the 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars to the 2019 Tennessee Titans, the Jags were a house of cards. The Titans are built to last. And I don't say that as somebody who roots for or against the Titans. I'm somebody who studies these teams, who covers one of them, and has seen all of the things that have played out in Jacksonville. It's just not a situation where you, it's just not a situation that's comparable. Uh, He he asked something about the same, Kyle on Periscope asked something about Ngakwe, and forgive me, Kyle, the comment faded too quickly, otherwise I would have expanded upon it. How much are you willing to pay Jadavion Clowney? Let me know on Facebook Live and on Periscope. That is ridiculous, says, uh, uh, says Scott Trevathan. 25 mil for two years, Omar weighs in. On Periscope, we're gonna or excuse me, on Facebook Live, we're gonna read more of your comments in just a second. We're going to talk about the MMCMB, who's gonna replace Logan Ryan because he's out the door. We're gonna do all of those things right after I remind you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Clowney comes here, he's getting a home courtesy of Gary Ashton. Not that he's not that Gary's gonna give him a home, but Gary's gonna help him find his dream address without the stress because Gary is the official realtor of the Titans, Preds. Nashville SC, Topgolf, and of me. I found my dream address without the stress through the Ashton team. Gary is somebody I know personally, somebody I would trust even if I didn't know personally because I know the reputation of the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage. They're the best in the business. You go to GaryAshton.com. You can begin the search for your dream address without the stress virtually with the virtual tours that they are currently offering at GaryAshton.com. Calm. Okay, more of your comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope. How much are you willing to give the man that Seattle just doesn't seem to want to pay? Fulton going to be solid for MC- MMCNB, hopefully, says Boogie 808 Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a second. Chad Caldwell says, set the market, Tennessee, $18 million. I think his only worth uh, $12.5 million at the most. Well, consider this. Dante Fowler is currently getting $16 million a year from the Atlanta Falcons. They were both free agents at the same time. If Dante Fowler is worth 16, I think the assumption by all of us was that the league would value Genevian Clowney at more than 16 million. But what Seattle is saying to you, based on some, the team that knows his medical history, that his most recent medical history, the best somebody knows his effort level. The most at this point, now Mike Vrabel has a good idea, right, because of their time together in Houston, and he spoke, he was very, uh, very complimentary when we asked Mike, I think it was, that was pre-draft, when we talked to Vrabel about what the effort level of Jadavion Clowney actually is, if it's commensurate with the criticism that Clowney often receives. You heard Peter King talking about it earlier in that clip that we played from NBC Sports. John Ver- Verlanick says he wants too much money. What do you think we offered him, says Lisa. Lisa, I'm not going to speculate on that because truly I don't know what the terms that the Titans offered him. Um, I, I, so to, for me to put out projections there would be reckless speculation on, 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 what I, on what I think they may have offered him. Now what Seattle is telling you is that they weren't willing to go to 15. So if that's the case and the Titans are just kind of in a sit-back, wait-and-see approach... I would say it's reasonable to expect that the Titans' offer is probably less than 15 million dollars, too. And I've been trying to work to confirm that. It's a really difficult situation because of it's COVID has made this job honestly impossible, uh, or at least the job of uh, Clowney reporting in free agency when there's really not been another case like Jadavion Clowney with how much things change from a week to week basis. And all of these things. And just how much this, this dude's mood is involved in who he's willing to play for. And for how much or how little uh, money he's willing to play for. All of these things evolving on a regular basis. But I'll tell you right now, I'm willing to bet it's under $15 million that the Titans have offered him. $17 million, says Puka. Uh, but she says, but he may be willing to take less per year for multi-year contracts. So give him $12 million signing bonus. Sam Cardina says, let's face Clowney is the only thing newsworthy, or there would be nothing to talk about the Titans at this time. No, Sam, that's not true at all. We've done, honestly, this has been a pretty busy news week. They officially signed Jonathan Joseph, who, by the way, you'll hear from tomorrow via us, the media. We have a conference call or a Zoom call, I believe, with Jonathan Joseph, the Titans new corner, and center Ben Jones. You know, it's not like I don't like talking to Ben Jones. I'm not really sure why we're talking to Ben Jones. But we'll check in with Ben Jones after we talk to Jonathan Joseph. That's newsworthy. Logan Ryan, having moved on, officially, that's newsworthy. Uh, the Titans front office hire that we talked about earlier in the week, Monty Ossenfort, the acquisition from the Patriots and the job that he'll now do here with the Titans. There's plenty of Titans news. You just got to just be paying attention, Sam. And Sam also adds, go get ta- Taco Charton. Get the hell out of here, Taco Charlton. Charlton. You seen Taco Charlton? He's a terrible player. Also, I think he got picked up already. I think he plays for the Chiefs at this point, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but also, it's a luxury the Chiefs can afford because they have plenty up front at this point and it costs them nothing to, to have a flyer on Charlton. You already have one of those flyer players in Vic Beasley. You don't want to run the risk that you have two of them and both fail or one, you know, it's, it's the way that it goes. They, he already signed with the Chiefs says Regent Titan. Yes, I, uh, I, as I remembered. If he wants to get paid next year, his best bet is the Titans. This year, says Jesse Norwood. I don't think he thinks that way. I think he. Jadavion Clowney, in fact, I'm, I'm comfortable saying Jadavion Clowney would prefer to play for the Seattle Seahawks than the Tennessee Titans. Maybe those things change. Your perspective is going to be different than his, obviously, because you know what this organization is. I know what this organization is. I also know what this organization was when Genevieve Clowney played for the Texans. And he probably didn't think much of the Titans or the Titans fan base or Nissan Stadium or Nashville at all. I think those things are very, very real. And I think Vrabel matters a lot and I think Jonathan Joseph matters a lot in swaying him. But what it comes down to is money. I heard different Clowney holding out for medical. He thinks more teams will enter and the money goes up. And that's not, that's not different. That's an additional layer to this thing, right? The longer that he stays out there, we talked about earlier in this week, right, again, layers, nuance. These, these things can exist in sports, even though a lot of my colleagues would prefer to ignore layers and nuance of stories. It can advance the longer that he stays out there. The Eagles, I have seen reports that the Eagles are now reinterested in Clowney. But cloudy is not necessarily reinterested in the Eagles. Do you think the Titans offered him a one-year deal or two? Again, I'm not going to speculate on that. About as willing, as far as I'm willing to go, based on the information that I have, is that the offer is likely less than 15 million from the Tennessee Titans. Uh, what does that even mean, says Scott Trevathan? Uh, not sure. Not sure what you're talking about there, Scott. Chad says two years, 27 and a half million. Take it or leave it. He might get hurt. Anyway, I doubt. I honestly doubt Tennessee signs him says RG Tighten Up. You guys know I've been pessimistic about the whole clowny thing. And if you're going to ask me to pick, the percentage chance goes up the more teams that say public or probably, it's not publicly that they're saying this, but through media sources or media reporting, they're saying, you yeah, know, we're not going to pay this guy. The more teams that drop off this way, especially the front runners being Seattle. Seattle, uh, Seattle this, kind of, this thing goes as Seattle goes. It would seem to be. And so when we talk about when we talk about uh, the idea that uh, the idea that I'm sorry I completely <laughs> I completely lost my train of thought in the middle of that conversation. I am so sorry about that. Moving on, that was a terrible brain fart by me. I don't know how I blanked like that. Kevin says offer the 15 mil. That's the most he will get right now. G man says I think it's going to take more than uh, one million. Uh, or it's going to be $1 million more a year than the Hawks offer. Jacksonville had a stellar defense. That's all they had, says Lisa. It's talking about the comparison between the 2017 Jaguars and the 2019 Titans. Would it all be changed after? The, oh, I'm sorry. What we were talking about, we were, that's where I lost my train of thought. We were talking about the idea that the longer Clowney stays out there, the more teams can come and court him, right? There's going to be teams. Yeah, too much tequila, says Boogie 808. It happens. Uh, we, we know that the longer that he stays out there, NFL teams, NFL owners, NFL general managers, they can be put into positions where they are, what's the word? Reactionary. Overreactionary. They see an opportunity that's been out in front of their face for so long, it's too good to be true, they give Jadavion Clowney $16 million. It happens. Teams react that way the longer that these the, the longer that you give them the opportunity to do dumb things, the more likely they are to do dumb things. And to page Davion Clowney more than the other two teams, the Titans and the, the Seahawks, who have been in this thing the longest, to just go ahead and jump the market and overpay for a player whose medical history does, I, I think it's a fair assumption that Seattle giving him this little has something to do with the medical evaluation or how inconsistent his health has been. And again, coming off hernia surgery. I think the Titans are the best fit for sure, says Estal. I totally agree, but I don't think he does. Dude is totally disruptive to an offensive line, even without the sacks. Does he ever tell us his thoughts? Buck, what would you ask, offer him if you weren't J-Rob, says Sumner Moore? Uh, Sumner, you got you to gotta, you gotta know, nobody. I mean, you see how fast these comments are moving. It's, I've got literally two four. Actually, I'm looking at four different screens with comments on it. I'm going to get to you eventually. You just got to give me a second. Uh, yes, and Sean asked his agent, his bus cook. What I would give him is I would give him one year, 14 and a half. I'd go one year, 14 and a half. Based on the fact that Seattle is is not willing to give him 15, Seattle has the most recent experience with him. One year, 14 and a half, I would be comfortable with. Estal23 says ESPN reported to return to Seattle is very unlikely. That's what we've just dis- That's what we've been discussing. I don't know if you jumped in late. Uh, Estall, but we've we've cited the report uh, from uh, from uh, who is the Seattle Seahawks reporter for ESPN, Brady Henderson, who said who reported that a source says the reunion is very unlikely because the Seahawks are just like, hey man, like you want to play here, we're not going to overextend ourselves, and the more leverage that you give up by not signing with another team and not publicly acknowledging that you still want to play here, but the moves that he has made to this point indicate that he would prefer to play with Seattle. And Seattle just doesn't seem that interested in giving him what he wants. Fair or unfair, the team has the leverage in that particular situation. And Seattle, Seattle's had money disputes with top-of-the-line top players before. Uh, oh, the Cam Chancellor, Michael, uh, Michael Bennett, the edge rusher. And these are different characters, obviously, who wanted contracts that they had to be adjusted in real time. And so that's a different conversation. But Seattle... John Schneider does not move for many people, and that is, uh, that is certainly the case, it would seem, with Jadavian Klein. We spent a ton of time talking about Klein, almost 45 minutes off the top of the show, and we haven't even moved to the second topic. Peter King also called him disruptive, but not consistently disruptive, a handful of games each year. I would agree with that. Didn't know Bus Cook was still around, says Puka. Was McNair and Farves' agent? Yes, that's absolutely so. Titans are the better team, says Keysbro. I would agree with you that the Tennessee Titans are the better team than the Seattle Seahawks, but Clowney again, as I cited, Clowney's played in the AFC South. He's played in Nashville at least once a year for every year that he was on the Texans, and he's played in Seattle. Like uh, he's played in Seattle in front of one of the fan, one of the biggest, best, and most rowdy fan bases in all of professional sports. I think that Clowney likes the situation. I think he likes the attention that he gets playing for the Seahawks. And I think he likes the fan base there. I think he's comfortable in Seattle. And I think he's kind of looking at the Titans as, you're going to need to do more to convince me. And the Titans are like, nah, we don't got to convince What do we got to convince you of? We just went to the AFC title game. We're going, to get- We're going to give you the coaching comfort that you like here. We're going to give you your friends from the Houston Texans and 36-year-old Jonathan Joseph. He's going to be a fourth cornerback for the team, but he's the person who Clowney... Has cited as his big brother. We're just going to sit back and say no. If you don't realize what you got here, man, you can go somewhere else and get paid a million more to go to go nine and seven or eight and eight by some other middling team. Because um, there's really only a few teams that Clowney puts over the top. That's what you got to consider. Now the Titans are one of them, but there are more teams who are who would offer Clowney money. But those teams are more than this one piece away that we're talking about. But one, a one-year $14.5 million deal, I'm totally cool with. Give it to him. If Clowney signed with the Titans and is disruptive, do you think they are right behind the Ravens and the, then the Chiefs in um, the AFC? I don't know what Ben Roethlisberger looks like right now. Like I'm still kind of scared of the Steelers if I'm a Titans fan. Pittsburgh is still pretty good. That defense almost got them into the playoffs over the Titans. Last year, they stayed alive through Duck Hodgins and Mason Rudolph and uh, Miles Garrett clubbing their quarterbacks in the head with the helmets. I don't know what the Steelers look like if Ben Roethlisberger comes back. I don't know that I'm completely out on the idea of the New England Patriots and Jared Stidham. And I know you guys are going to hate me for that. But I'd put him in the top five. Uh. Yeah, I, I give them top five. Steelers are nothing, says Jared. They were nothing last year, but Ben, you know, Ben changes that. Uh, if the Ravens get Clowney, I'm scared, says Estall. No, they're not going to get Clowney. They can't afford him. Uh, Steelers will never stop being nasty, says Griffin. They don't really have the cap space, though, says Estall. Yeah, that's uh, talk. They, the Ravens can't pay Jadavian uh, Clowney. That's that is not a feasible option. Let's get to more of your comments quickly on Facebook and Periscope before we move on. What would you be willing to give Clowney? I heard Clowney is getting high, says he. <laughs> And Tamino, well, you can do that in Seattle. I, I let's—that's reckless speculation by EA. He has no idea whether Jadavion Clowney is smoking that gas, but the league's testing less for it, and Seattle is legal. And nobody would blame him if he was doing legal things in the state that he was playing in. Now, in Tennessee, it's not legal. So maybe, uh, maybe your preference. Uh, I, we have no idea. We have no idea. So I don't want to. I don't want to get into uh, get into. Uh, uh, Jadavion Clowney's alleged or non-alleged marijuana use because he's never been cited or reported to have used marijuana. What are the odds we go after Juju next year, says Eston. No, I'm not talking about next year. Players, get out of here. <laughs> worry about the players you're going to get this year. Then worry about next year. Adore recruiting Juju. Relax. Wait a little bit. That's for another... I'm, I'm trying to get through this offseason. Don't give me next offseason stuff. If he wants to play for a championship contender, like he said, then he should sign with the Titans. I don't know that, I mean, how closely players, active NFL players don't really pay pay that close attention to other NFL teams, especially if they're not in their conference. There's a good chance Jadavion Clowney has no idea what the hell the Tennessee Titans did last year, other than the fact that he's now heard retroactively that they went to the title game. Football players are pretty, pretty damn ignorant for being in the league. We follow it much closer than they do. There's a very good chance that Jadavion Clowney doesn't realize what the Titans have become over the last, you know, whatever, 12 months uh, it's been. Let's take a, they wouldn't let a rookie take the number 90 jersey, says James Hughes. Eh, you don't know. That Maybe no rookie requested. Uh, it's not, it's not a rookie that would have it, by the way. Daquan Jones wears 90. That's, uh, that's already a number that uh, has been taken. Watch Tampa Bay swoop in, says Lewis. No, I don't think Tampa can afford him either right now. Uh, Clowney doesn't like country music, says Lisa. Yeah, I don't like country music either, but I love Nashville. You cannot like country music and love Nashville. Um, you know, maybe it's not the cultural epicenter that Seattle is. Seattle is probably more culturally what Clowney's vibe is. Uh, But you don't have to, I, listen, I hate country music. Country music is by far and away the worst. I like some stuff. I like Chris Stapleton. I like Johnny Cash. I like older stuff. I have a Willie Nelson CD in my car because apparently I'm 110, And actually, actually, my first concert was Hank Williams Jr. Uh, So would Daquan be open to giving his 99 away, says Estal? No, Daquan doesn't wear 99. That's Casey. Nashville is an all-country music myth, says G-Man on bass. Uh, I, uh, yeah, no, country music just doesn't do it for us. Buck doesn't want to say he's a stoner, says Charlie. <laughs> Charlie. You don't know that. Uh, if he don't, if we don't get cloudy, it's not the end of the season. Can we talk about Kern's son playing for the Titans in 2035, says Adam. Uh, you know, maybe the next time that Brett Kern comes on the 615 Sessions podcast, I'll ask him if Bryce Kern is going to take the league by storm in 2035. But that's a great way for me to segue and tell you that there's a kick-ass 615 Sessions podcast available to you right now. Not just in your podcast feeds, by the way. We are now going to do, once a week, a Zoom pod for the people with our guest co-hosts, and we're going to upload it to YouTube. Right now, that YouTube pod on the A to Z Sports Nashville YouTube page, where you can subscribe and go that way, you... Can watch, myself, Brett Kern, Will Compton of Bussin' with the Boys, and Ryan Hurd, singer-songwriter, and the husband of Marin Morris. We did a kick-ass podcast yesterday. The audio version is available to you in the 615 Sessions feed. The video version is available on the A to Z Sports YouTube page. You can consume it either way. Tell us, how you, tell us who you want to see on the next pod, on the next Zoom pod, because I enjoy the hell out of it. Because I can see, you know, we do these things normally anyway, so I can see them. But no, not, you guys can. It's on YouTube. Loved it, says boogie 808 Yeah, we had a good time. Uh, it's, a, it's a very loose environment. It's a very cool thing that we're able to do now. So the 615 Sessions podcast, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast feed. But also, go subscribe to A to Z Sports' YouTube page. Hip-hop is the best, says Stacy. Brett Kern should switch to running back two, says Danny. Yeah, QB two uh, if we don't get Clowney, I think we stand pat with what we have uh, I don't think you stand pat i think you there's still you know you still have needs. He needs to make a decision says- K- uh Camario K- forgive me if I've mispronounced your name camario um but no, he really doesn't like he really doesn't and that's that's the thing about all this. Jadavian Clowney can hold out as long as he wants if he gets to uh if he gets to uh if he gets to training camp. There's a team that'll jump in there and give him the kind of money, more closer to the kind of money he's looking for. El Boogie eight oh eight says Kern thought he was talking to Andrew Luck. Yeah, Brett Kern, I do nothing but love on him, and he slaps me in the face uh, with the. He slaps me in the face by saying I it was an honor to be interviewed by Andrew Luck. I love this man. I love Brett Kern. He's the only Titan. Actually, that's not true. Darren Bates and Brett Kern are the only two Titans that I can't cover objectively. That's just. uh, It's just a matter of fact. I can't. I can't cover them the way that I should as a journalist because I have too much love in my heart for both of them for different, very, for very different reasons. But Brett t- just kneecaps me, takes a knife to the side of my neck and calls me Andrew Luck on Twitter for all the people to see. What Brett said, uh, use the money on King. I don't know who King... Oh, King Henry. Oh, by the way, I don't know if you guys saw Logan Ryan's post before we move on to Logan Ryan. Logan Ryan's post about pay Henry. Maybe he thinks... Logan, maybe Logan Ryan thinks that the money... That will not be used for him in his next endeavor. Now, moving on from the Titans, sounds like Logan Ryan thinks it should go to Derrick Henry. We will talk about all of these things here in just a second. I want to know from you guys in the comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope. We're going to have a long show tonight, looks like. I'm looking forward. We haven't seen who was, who was saying we don't have Titans things to talk about. We got all sorts of stuff to talk about. This is uh, in the time of the Rona, baby. We're killing it. Which Titans cornerback, cornerback specifically, so Kenny Vaccaro, Kevin Byard, Imani, I mean, Imani Hooker plays nickel sometimes, but he's a third safety at that point. Those guys don't count. Which Titans cornerback will replace or try to replace Logan Ryan's production in 2020? Let me know on Facebook Live and on Periscope who you believe that player to be. I I will let you hear from the player who I think is going to do the best or going to do the best job in replacing... Logan Ryan, as he moves on to his next stop, let me know who you believe that player to be. Which cornerback, corner specifically, not safety, not Kevin Byard and Kenny Vaccaro, let me know who replaces Logan Ryan's production next year and carries the MMCMB mantle. While you guys weigh in with your comments, I will remind you about our friends at Tame the Beast. The Beard Brush, I see a lot of you commenting. Buck, you're all over the place right now, says Regent Titan. Ah, Listen, buddy, I, I do too much talking for a living. It's, it, it's great for me to be overexposed. Your boy does podcasts. I hang out with you guys here on the live stream. I do TV for WKRN and Fox 17. I'm doing radio for 104.5 every week or 3HL. I, I got nothing to do but talk because I got nothing to do but I got nothing but time. I've literally, I don't think I've left this office, honest to God, in eight weeks. <laughs> it's probably not something I should say out loud. Anyway. Let me know who replaces Logan Ryan's production later on this year, whenever the hell the season begins. Who replaces, Lo, who replaces Logan Ryan's production? Which corner does that? Let me know in the comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope. You've got to find out about my friends, though, at Tame the Beast. You guys are making fun of my beard. You're saying I look like Andrew Luck. So is Brett Kern, by the way, on the 615 Sessions podcast. I keep my Andrew Luck beard looking at least somewhat kept with my Tame the Beast beard brush. This thing is borderline therapeutic for my skin. I also use the beard oil in conjunction with the beard brush to make sure that my skin stays moisturized underneath all of this uh, luscious beard. No neck beard. I'm not Andy Luck in the neck beard. I just, uh, you know, and I've got a better tan and also I don't drool. Like the Andrew Luck thing is almost offensive. What's not offensive is our friends at Tame the Beast. What's not offensive is the idea that they're giving you 50% off Your online order at GetBeast.com with promo code AZ50. AZ50 saves you half off your online order at GetBeast.com. Make sure you check our friends out at Tame the Beast. Which Titans cornerback will replace Logan Ryan's production in 2020? I'm going to pull up Logan Ryan's stat line from last year, courtesy of Pro Football Reference. So you guys can have kind of a gauge to understand what exactly it's going to take to replace this man. Because he was, uh, this was a career year for Logan Ryan. I understand why he to hold out and get paid as much money as possible. Logan Ryan, in 2019, four interceptions after zero interceptions in each of his two previous years with Tennessee. Four interceptions, started all 16 games. No touchdowns, but he did have uh, 18 passes defense. Four forced fumbles, four and a half sacks for a corner, which is totally outrageous. And that's, you know, a credit to how they use them. 113 total tackles, four tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits. Uh, he was incredible. Logan Ryan was arguably the most important defensive player that the Titans had last year. And we'll address that when we get to the quarantine question. So again, you have four interceptions. Started all 16 games, four interceptions. Four interceptions. 18 passes defensed, four forced fumbles, four and a half sacks, 113 tackles, four tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits for a damn corner. That's almost unheard of. But with the way that the Tennessee Titans used Logan Ryan last year, he was an incredibly versatile piece. Which player replaces that production? Let's get to a few more of your comments here on A to Z Sports Primetime, powered by Tennessee tickets, before I give you... Mine. Tyree says, I wish we had another Courtland Finnegan. Another shit talker? <laughs> another trash talker? Heard he was a lovely guy off the field, but on the field he's a crazy person. Uh, Fulton says, Justin uh, T- Tomaselli, he's got this. Ryan says, gotta be Fulton. Buck, uh, Zach Tuttle says, Buck wanna buy me a jersey or ask AJ to? No, I'm not gonna buy you a jersey. I'm not gonna buy anybody a jersey. Because Zach, I assume that you're over the age of any of the players that play for the Tennessee Titans, and if so, you should not be wearing your jersey. Dean Pease allowed a lot of that, uh, said G-Man. But he didn't allow it. He called it. like He's the one calling the plays. He's the one telling Logan Ryan, hey, we're going to send you on a blitz this time. Jonathan Joseph says, James Tiny Rathbone, uh, he's like your fourth corner. He's not going to be seeing a ton. Like, uh, the Jonathan Joseph thing is, a much about, is as much about Jadavion Clowney as it is anything. And it's a good depth piece, and Vrabel knows him, and he knows the scheme and all these things. This matters... Especially as you're going to have a, look, there's going to be an increased learning curve for teaching Christian Fulton exactly what it is the Tennessee Titans do. But Jonathan Joseph not going to factor in to this particular competition. Brent says Logan's best strength was his tackling. In my opinion, I think Butler takes the reins from that perspective. Lisa agrees that Malcolm Butler will be a beast this year. It was killing him to not be able to play in the playoffs. He's going to bring it, man. I can't even tell you we're bald. Says Stacy. Yeah, it's Stacy. Your boy, your boy's got the good locks. I'm gonna be back before long. I'm gonna need a haircut before long too. But uh, you know, I got good. F- I'm, I'm not. I'm not like a lot of people in sports media. I'm not middle aged. I'm not white. I'm not balding. It's a beautiful thing. It's what sets me apart from everybody else. And I love all of our bald, beautiful, middle aged, white media friends. <laughs> I just feel like Kaharski and Glennon and Rex Rhodes not balding yet. But yeah, I'm watching that hairline. <laughs> it's the only thing that makes me different at that point. (laughs) No, that's not true. Uh, I'm thinking they'll plug in Amani Hooker or Dane Crookshank in the slot, and we'll see good production. Can't completely rely on the rookie Fulton. Butler needs to be better, says El Boogie. I mean, he's pretty good last year. Uh, Before Carolina, and even in Carolina, he's pretty pretty good last year. In the second half of last year, Buck, are you excited that Butler is coming off IR? Literally two IR IR questions in a row. You guys are jerks. (laughs) <laughs> Sean Love 3 says, "Man, listen, Buckshot, going to be difficult to replace this kind of production." Logan got down last year, last year. Yes, he absolutely did, and that is why he is asking for a ton of money. Buck, he's allowed uh, a seventy percent completion percentage against him. Says Nate Torres, and this is an important stat to point out. Uh, Buddy says, "Not white. No, I'm Arab. Uh, I am. Uh, I am not. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm half white. I'm Arab American. I'm Egyptian American. My dad." My dad, if he was still around, uh, God rest his soul, would say uh, we, we are not we are not Arab, we are Egyptian, right? There's a difference, Egypt Egyptian Arab. So maybe we don't maybe we don't lump them, but that's that's just that's just an Egyptian being a. Being a little pompous, so no, not white. <laughs> what if you're the same age as a player, Trevor? Oh, I'm giving you guys a hard time about the jerseys. I don't care what you wear. Do do what you want. Uh, I just, you know, I'm not I'm not a sports fan like that. So you're not gonna you're not gonna find me in a jersey. This guy's a clown, says Sean Amor. Hell yeah, I am. <laughs> it's, you know, that's what makes me different. I'm just sitting here doing a sports show. I'm a I'm a reporter telling you not to take sports seriously. How often do you get that? Uh, C.L. Jackson says, "Wait, you're not white? No, you guys know this. I'm Egyptian. What do you mean? It's uh my my. We were talking about this on the six one five sessions podcast with Kern and with uh, Compton and with herd. My AIM screen name in fifth grade was Camel Jockey because I'm half Egyptian. That's a, it's a good state. It's, it's a good place to be. You guys got to pay to be this tan. Uh, is Bobby Boucher available <laughs> says CEA? No, I don't think. Oh, actually, I don't think Bobby's doing anything right now. I think Bobby is also getting uh, bald, middle-aged, and, uh, and older somewhere in the Los Angeles Hills. Uh, Adam Sandler just kicking back. But the Titans cornerback that is going to be most responsible for replacing Logan Ryan's production, now to bring all these things home, is going to be some a, a member of the MMCMB who has been around for at least two years. And it's not Malcolm Butler. So that only leaves you a Dory Jackson.
2: They're just trying to make sure everybody's out there comfortable and on the same page with each other. Um, I think the phase two is a great idea, you know, to get used to everybody, you know, what everybody expects, what everybody wants, and just trying to push each other to get better coming out here on the field, we're just out here having fun, playing fast and, you know, jumping with each other, the things that we've been working on in the phase two period, now we're taking OTAs.
0: So that was Adoree Jackson, the video courtesy of A to Z Sports. That was uh, a year ago. So before heading into, it was this time last year, honestly, which makes me so sad because I should be covering Titans practices, guys. This stinks. I don't want to do a Zoom call with Jonathan Joseph. I don't want to, uh, I don't want, it's not like I don't want to do a Zoom call with Jonathan Joseph. I don't want to go cover practice. Just joining. Oh, our friend Jim Chandler from, uh, from 107.5. Good to see you, Jim. Just joining. Update me on the new information about Logan Ryan. There is, uh, there's no new information about a deal, Jim. We're just discussing who goes on to replace his production. Logan, the last team that I've seen rumored to be interested in Logan Ryan was the Jets, and I don't think the Jets are still going to be willing to pay him $10 million a year. I think it's going to be tough to find a spot for Logan because Logan's a very proud person, rightfully so. He helped end the Patriots' dynasty, his former franchise. He had a career year, went to an AFC championship game, helped start what are the 2020 Tennessee Titans. Logan Ryan is absolutely a foundational core piece of what they have now become. And so there comes a lot of pride with that. Logan helped establish a different franchise outside of New England with with some help, of course. But MMCMB was a Logan Ryan invention. Logan Ryan is who taught this group how to be cohesive, how to practice, how to prepare, how to get their bodies ready. In fact, we found out about this news live yesterday while we were taping the pod. And we talked with Compton and Kern about how they viewed Logan as a teammate for the one year that... Compton spent with him, and the, you know, however long Brett, Brett's been here for the better part of a decade at this point. And within the scale of different Titans players that have come through the, the locker room at this point, they have a ton of respect for Logan Ryan, and, uh, and as well as I do. But Logan Ryan, it's going to be hard for him to find a new landing spot. The person that replaces the production, though, is Adoree Jackson. This dude, I think we haven't seen the best yet. And that's rare for a person heading into his fourth year. It's rare, the idea... I mean, corner's such a hard position to play. Especially in the league right now when the rules are pro-offense at that point. Pro-receiver. Pro-quarterback. Hell, Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco survived in the NFL as long as he did because his offense was just pass interference plays down the field on the defensive backs. That's how, Logan, or that's how Joe Flacco survived after he got the Super Bowl contract. Uh, put Kern at corner says Tyree. Titans for life says he's going to get seven eight million. Trust me, he's good. How Titans used him? Yes, he is. He will be missed. But next man up says Camario. And so the next man up is Adoree Jackson. Adoree Jackson, after missing some time, came back in the playoffs and was not great, but he was good. We saw him develop as he started to work his way back. He was hurt. We saw him start to develop the discipline that you need to play that position. It's like Daquan Jones, and this is maybe not something that people paid attention to too much because Daquan plays nose tackle and how many of you are really studying in depth on a play-by-play basis during a football game, offensive and defensive line play, unless one of them gets an offsides or a false start. Like, uh, in a perfect world, you're not having to pay attention to what the nose tackle's doing. But it should be noted that Daquan Jones, I remember talking to him about this this year, and how much better he was playing when he's in the same category as Aaron Donald in some of Pro Football Focus's measurements. Daquan told me that as soon as they asked him to play one position, just one position on the defensive line, his life got so much easier, he could play faster, he was infinitely more comfortable, he was able to be the best version of Daquan Jones. Adore Jackson the exact same way as soon as they, as soon, my, listen, a credit to Mike Vrabel for, for trying to for trying to get the most out of his players for as long, for not giving up on the idea that Adoree Jackson shouldn't return punts until it bit them in the ass, and arguably they lost the Jacksonville game in Week Three, in part because of Marcus Mariota and the constipation of the offense, but also because Adoree allowed them to score on a muffed punt return, and it was one of the worst—not—it was one of the worst examples of Adoree not being able to ha- handle punt return abilities. Titans for Life says, "Clarify for me: We have Jackson for another two years?" Question mark. Yes, you have him under contract for this year, his fourth year, and next year, twenty twenty one, because the Titans elected to pick pick up his fifth year option. Corey Davis, of course, we talked about that last Friday when they declined the fifth year option on Corey Davis. You think well Jackson will move to mostly slots, says Chris? No, he'll play outside. That's his most that's his best position. And these guys all have to they have to play all three positions because defense or offense is Rotate personnel. Wide receivers are changing their body types, and so the corners have to be versatile in the way that they can cover all three wide receiver positions. Um, so no, he's not just gonna he's not gonna play nickel. He's not just gonna play slot. El Boogie eight hundred eight is excited about that schedule tomorrow. Hope to see some games in September. We'll find out together, and we will re- we will react to the schedule release live tomorrow. Uh, when it is put out, about an hour after it's put out here on A to Z Sports Primetime, powered by Tennessee tickets. I'm just happy they don't put him on offense anymore, says Joe. <laughs> for a while, Adore Jackson was the most explosive player on the Tennessee Titans offense um, because they were starting at wide receiver Harry Douglas and Richard Matthews and DeMarco Murray, for whatever reason, Mike Malarkey just wouldn't let him go, even though his body physically falling apart in front of all of us on our television screens. But now... It is time for the Tucker Agency Quarantine Question. TuckerTN.com gives us our quarantine question each Wednesday night. We are proud to have the Tucker Agency on board, just as you should enjoy the, the, uh, the services that the Tucker Agency provides. The Tucker Quarantine Question this week, we're going to stay super sports. Who will be the MVP of the Titans defense. Let me know on Facebook Live and on Periscope here on A to Z Sports Primetime, powered by Tennessee Tickets, the TuckerTN.com quarantine question, who will be the Titans MVP on defense? Logan Ryan, why I'm saying MVP on defense? Logan Ryan was was it for me. He was their best all-around player on defense last year. Sean Love says, I'm also unfortunately changing my body type during this quarantine. Yeah, aren't we all? Honestly, I talked to Austin. He said he gained back four pounds of fat after all the Mandu. But Mandu's back open up, so that's good stuff. If you are a uh, if you are a somebody who Mandu's do you Mandu? Uh, What does MMCMB stand for? Says Matthew Eggers, it stands for My Man Catch No Balls, and that is something that Logan Ryan started with the Titans secondary. Let me know who will be the Titans MVP on defense next year. I will give you my answer here shortly. And we will get to your answers momentarily right after we tell you about our friends at tuckertn.com. The Tucker Agency is the pe- the fine folks at tuckertn.com. They handle all of your insurance needs. You can get a quote at tuckertn.com. They have tools for you to learn more about your proof of insurance more about the things that you need to have at your disposal to make sure that your business is properly insured, that your personal insurance is handled correctly. They make sure that you are informed because it is getting insured the superior way. They're an independent agency at Tucker Agency, LLC. They provide you the competitive rates and they are backed by good old-fashioned customer service, just like all of our sponsors here on A to Z Sports Primetime. TuckerTN.com for home and property, auto insurance, business insurance, you name it, specialty commercial. If you've got a golf cart you need insured, our fine folks at TuckerTN.com will make sure that that golf cart is street legal and has all the necessary documentation. TuckerTN.com. They present the quarantine question every Wednesday. Let us get to some of your comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Who is going to be the Titans defensive MVP next season. It was Logan Ryan for me last year. It was uh it was without question Logan Ryan. He did the most. He was the best overall player. He gave he had a career year in a defense that was not statistically great, but ended up holding out over the course of the season, started incredibly strong and fell off as the, as the injuries began to take their toll, but with with Logan Ryan being absent, who now takes that spot? Let me know on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Simmons, says Kamario. Butchie agrees. Rashawn Evans, says Al Pierce. Jayon Brown, Nate Torres, and Tyree Beatty like Jayon Brown for defensive MVP. 7997 Jmo says Evans will be the MVP of the defense. V-Love, our man taking shots of whiskey for us here on A to Z Sports Primetime. V-Love, I will partake with you after this. Uh, As soon as I get off the air. He says the mayor of Murfreesboro, KB31 Savage, is who will be the Titans' defensive MVP. And I feel like Kevin Byard's going to be a popular answer, so I'm going to push back on it in this way. Kevin Byard is probably the best overall player on the the Titans' defense. I'm pretty comfortable saying that with Jarrell Casey gone. Kevin Byard, best overall player on the Titans' defense. But consider this with Kevin Byard. In a perfect world, if everything goes to plan with your defense, the safeties are the last people involved. Now, if you have a playmaking safety, you like to get him more involved because you can take advantage of what he can give you in other places. So the Titans are creative with their usage of Kevin Byard. He's not just a center field safety, even though he is a ball hawk and picks off, um, I think he's got the most interceptions over the course of the last three years, Kevin Byard. But in a perfect world, the safety is not involved with the play if everything goes to plan on defense. Safety is literally in the back end as a safety if something goes wrong. And so if he's the defensive MVP, then he's probably having to do too much and that's probably not a great sign for your defense. That's why my answer for Titans defensive MVP in 2020 with Logan Ryan gone, the person I'm looking to see if they take the step that I believe them to be capable of, that is none other than the former Titans' first-round pick, Big Jeff Simmons. How
1: confident are you that you know, you're going to be a pro bowler and all pro and all those things in this program? Um, with
2: my work that day, I know for sure that I'm coming back, especially, like I said, this offseason is going to be big for me. So next year, you know, I'm planning on, you know, I'm telling you, next year I think I'm going to have a great year, you know, and that's what I'm planning on. That's my mindset. That's my goal. So. How much
0: different did you?
2: I mean, that's where the confidence came in, you know. I think yeah. as the season went on, you know, my knee was feeling better, you know. I'm out there, you know, flying around, trying to make plays, help this team, you know, get to the point where we're at, you know. And we came up short, but sure enough. But like I said, I felt like I was, you know, felt good. My knee felt good. And I said, my mindset was like, you know, I want to win every game. So, whatever it takes, so. You kind of learned what it was like to be a, a pro in a lot of ways too? Yeah, I mean, like I was saying, um, the main thing I got out of being a pro is being responsible, you know. Um, being responsible and taking uh, ownership of yourself, you know, holding yourself accountable before you try to hold someone else accountable, you know. That's the main thing I was, like, focused on, especially through this, um, my rehab process, you know, I had to hold myself accountable. Like, every day I walk in the building, I want to get a step farther um, so I can help my team and get on the field to help my team. So Sorry,
0: You said no brace next year is
2: your home? Uh, that's the plan, you know. I didn't, You know, the brace, I don't think it slowed me down a little bit, but at the same time, you know, I want to, I mean, that's the whole thing. um Of building that confidence and you know the training this offseason, letting it rest. I'm looking forward to um, not wearing the brace next year. So.
0: Now Jeff Simmons is a down defensive lineman without Jarrell Casey there to help him up front. Rashawn Evans is a great answer because linebackers, especially a linebacker like Rashawn, that has the ability to move all over the front. To be a matchup advantage, not just on the inside, although that's obviously where they leave him primarily. Other positions have more flexibility, but Jeff Simmons is a bad, bad man, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't have to tell you that. Jeff Simmons is the person who I expect to be the Titans defensive MVP once the Titans 2020 season is done. This dude is super natural. He is a... I mean, for all intents and purposes, Jeff Simmons is a giant baby. (laughs) He makes me feel so old because he's built like a superhero, but he's five years younger than me, and Jeff Simmons is more of a man than I will ever hope, or at least physically more of a man than I could ever hope to be. But also, I believe that despite being a down defensive lineman, that Jeff Simmons is going to be what the Titans are looking for, and that is a true game wrecker. I had it told to me that after he came back in October, Jeff Simmons was about 70%. That's the ballpark percentage that was given to me. If that that is in fact the case, and that is 70% of Jeff Simmons that we saw last year as a rookie in his first NFL action, making impact plays in his first NFL start, which by the way, also happened to be the Tannehill game. Jeff Simmons has nowhere to go but up from here. This dude's Potential is astronomical. No way in hell should he ever have been available at the 19th overall pick, given what his talent level is. But Jeff Simmons is going to absolutely wreck teams next year, given the opportunity to get his body even more right. You'll remember that prior to the draft, Mike Vrabel told us that Jeff Simmons still qualified as somebody who needed rehab, whose injuries were such that rehab was required that allowed him to be going to the Titans practice facility to work out with the medical staff. Even as COVID, and we saw the, the memo from Adam Schefter that was uh, leaked, what the NFL is saying to franchises about opening up their, their facilities again, their personal facilities again. But they've been shut down for the better part of two months, and Jeff Simmons still qualifies as a player who's, who can go get rehab there. Jeff Simmons, if this if this injury was something... I mean, we, we talked to Vrabel a lot about him playing through discomfort. And Mike doesn't give credit to anybody other than... Mike didn't give credit to anybody but Jonu Smith, David Fluellen, and that one time he said Kenny Vaccaro and he played, Vaccaro played safety the way that Vrabel envisioned safety to be played. I believe that was the quote. That's the only time I've heard Mike Vrabel really compliment anybody. Outside of him saying how impressed he was... That, uh, that, uh, that Jeffrey Simmons played through so much discomfort last year. If we saw 70% of that giant ass man <laughs> last year and he was still out here, uh, skull-crushing dudes, I can only imagine what Jeffrey Simmons is going to look like in 2020 with his sea legs more under him as he gets adapted to the speed of the NFL. I don't think he needs to adapt to the speed of the NFL. The NFL needs to adapt to the speed of Jeffrey Simmons because that is a whole lot of love coming through your face mask In the middle of the Titans defensive line. That is my nominee for future Titans defensive MVP in the absence of Logan Ryan. Who's yours? Let me know in the comments on Facebook Live and on Periscope. Our Tucker TN Quarantine question, TuckerTN.com, the Tucker agency for all of your insurance needs, personal, professional, whatever it may be, check them out at TuckerTN.com. Jake likes Rashawn Evans. Justin Tomaselli is going with Kevin Byard. The guy is a straight baller. He's going to lead the league in picks again. John says he thinks the MVP of the defense will be Landry. Oh, those games versus Quentin Nelson and Marshall Yanda, says Teron Davenport, our friend from ESPN. Good to see you, TD. I hope you and the family are well. I haven't, I haven't checked in with you in a while. I haven't sent you a funny DM GIF, or you haven't sent me one in a while. I hope, uh, I hope everything is good on your end, brother. It's always, uh, always good to see you hanging out here with us. Uh, yes, him him ragdolling, ragdolling Quentin Nelson at the end of the year is unlike anything I've ever seen. Very rarely very rarely are offensive, actually defensive line highlights are more fun to watch, right? Because they're getting sacks or they're getting to the quarterback. They're causing disruption in a way that offensive line play can be tedious to watch. But those matchups, given Marshall Yonda and Quentin Nelson's stature as interior offensive linemen in the league, and to see the way that Quinton, or uh, to see the way that Jeffrey Simmons came in there and just said, "Nah, you guys, yeah, how big a boy is you, ya, Marshall Yanda? How big a boy is you? I'm not going to deny that I spit in your face, Marshall Yanda." And that's a, you know, that's a question for another day. That he never did quite deny, but he took it to two of the best offensive linemen in all of football and folded them like a church banquet. Jesus. <laughs> it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad. Pretty, pretty. It's, a, it's like a curb your enthusiasm. Pretty, pretty bad. Or <laughs> pretty, pretty good. Uh, I'm going to say Simmons with another year under his belt. He's going to cause havoc. He was a beast in year one. Tyree says, exactly. I don't want Bayer to be the MVP. That means our front seven is strong. I'm hoping, Big Jeff, says Matthew Eggers. John says, Landry with 11 sacks. I also predict 35 sacks as a team. If you only get 35 sacks as a team next year, you are. Excuse my language, but you're shit out of luck. <laughs> you're only getting 35 sacks as a professional football team next year. That's going to be a bad day to be a Titans fan. Evans is going to be like Keith Bullock, says Jake Acorda. There's a lot of similarities to their game. I think Keith, stature-wise, they're probably, they're probably pretty similar, actually, the more that I think about it, Mr. Monday Night. And Evans, Evans in coverage, I think there is room to grow. I don't think it's above him by any means. I think that there are places where you saw him taking advantage of last year. And again, the learning curve for this guy is, is ast- I mean, it's not, he's, he's adapting to the speed of the game, as you would hope, a very cerebral inside linebacker, somebody who has command of the defense. We know Rashawn Evans gets it, but there's still room to grow because, you know, get to remember, it's only year two for Rashawn last year, and he was, uh, he was one of their best defensive players, just racking up tackles. Out there, Now, tackle's not the best measurement for defensive success, but you know what I mean. He's pretty good out there. You like Rashawn Evans, uh, what he gives you in that defense. I like what you guys give me every night. Sunday to Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central Time, this primetime show, is among the favorite, my favorite things that I do because I get to hang out with you guys, I get to talk to you guys, and get to uh, check in with you, see how everybody is doing from time to time I love the primetime show, and I love how much time that you guys give us here every night at 8 p.m. Central Time. Because that's all we got for you tonight. We did a good show. We did a long show. My God, I, I hardly ever go the full hour, over an hour at this point with you guys. But we had a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on, despite the Rona completely, uh, comp- completely caving in our lives. On the way out the door, though, because there's only one more pr- uh, primetime show to go this week. One more time, tomorrow after the NFL schedule is released, they'll put it out at 7, we'll talk about it at 8, we'll have immediate reaction for you. In the meantime, you need to go to YouTube, you need to subscribe to A to Z Sports, you need to go check out the visual version of the 615 Sessions podcast. Will Compton, Brett Kern, our buddy Ryan heard from the music industry, and myself, we had a big party on the Zoom pod that we did still available to you in your 615 Sessions podcast feed, but it is also now available to you on YouTube, and we will put one of the two podcasts that we do every week out there for the people on YouTube, and we appreciate your guys' support on that. You guys have really taken to the YouTube channel on Twitch TV, too, because I know Austin and Zach are streaming their morning show to Twitch and YouTube in the mornings. We love The support that you guys continue to give us. And we love the support that you give to the people who support this show. That's the Gary Ashton, Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Check them out at GaryAshton.com. Tame the Beast, get Promo code AZ50 saves you 50% off your online order. And Tennessee heating and cooling, satisfaction guaranteed in all of your HVAC needs. Make sure that you get Chris Hamby and the team that I trust with my home, my dream address without the stress. The Tennessee Heating and Cooling, uh, people, the, our friends at Tennessee Heating and Cooling, three locations in Middle Tennessee and Southern Kentucky, your satisfaction guaranteed. I am satisfied. I hope you guys are as well. I will see you tomorrow night. One more 615 Sessions podcast left to go this week. We've got some pretty good, interesting conversations on the horizon with you about the new Titans front office personnel member and the structure of what the Titans are doing as compared to the Patriots. It's going to be a great pod going to be in your feeds tomorrow. I'm out of here because I can't talk anymore for one night. Until tomorrow night, fam, peace and love.